Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Tossing and turning all night like a salad. It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. I'm Jill, and I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. There are a lot of things that influence developing an addiction, and none of them are that we're weak-willed losers. In the Sober Powered Podcast, you'll learn how and why addiction develops, how alcohol changes the brain to keep us drinking, and most importantly, that you're not alone. The things you experience are experienced by many of us. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about what to do when horrible things happen in your life and all you want to do is give up. 
I experienced something pretty bad recently and have had similar experiences twice back when I was drinking. I'll walk you through how I handled this situation in all three occasions. How I handle it differently now that I'm sober, how I resisted the urge to give up and drink it away, and what you can do to stay strong and move through pain when life gets hard. So let's dig in. One of my favorite things to talk about is emotional sobriety because I really do believe that it's critical for a happy life. Talking about it when life is amazing is one thing, but following through when disaster hits is a totally different story. Recently, I had something very upsetting happen in my life, probably one of the worst things that could happen without anyone being injured or in danger or something like that. I was immediately pissed off. I held it together because I was at work at the time. But when I got into my car to drive home, I had an overwhelming urge to just say, screw it all. One of my biggest triggers is someone telling me that I'm stupid and a failure, especially if it's a man in power telling me this. That's what happened to me this past week. I've had this happen three times in my life, so let me walk you through each time and how I handled it. So the first time that I experienced this was back when I was 22. I had a professor tell me that no one in the department had any confidence in me that I would succeed. Back then, I had linked getting degrees and career success with my self-worth, so hearing that from a professor destroyed me. My husband and I had been dating for, I think, less than six months at the time, and I went to meet him somewhere private. A classmate ran into me on my way to my hideout and saw how upset I was. She eventually found me with another friend, and they brought tequila. It was the early afternoon, but that's what we did at school. It was normal. It was the first time I had ever done that, though. I was drinking at the time and getting into it. I wasn't horrible yet, but I didn't drink in the afternoon, and I had never drank at school before. So she poured me a drink and said, this will help. I drank it, and that's when I started to associate alcohol with feeling better and dealing with stress. It didn't help, but I still made the association, like, this is what people do when they're stressed. So if it helps them, it must be able to help me. So I cried for about 24 hours straight and felt sorry for myself, and then I made a plan for what I was going to do with my life. Screw science. I decided to become a teacher and would continue with that career for five more years. And that's also when I started day drinking. I had about a month left of school and all of my professors treated me like a ghost. They wouldn't even look at me when I walked by. It was miserable. So I would go to school, stop at the liquor store, go to my husband's apartment and drink an entire bottle of wine by myself. It helped with the feelings of overwhelm and failure and being a loser and all of that. And that became my routine for about a month. And then I started working towards my teaching career. So I taught for five years and that's when I became a daily drinker. I had so much stress from my job, but I knew that alcohol helped with stress. So eventually my drinking became unbearable and I blamed it on the stress from teaching. I thought if I had another career, I wouldn't have to drink so much. So that's why I switched my career to lab work, which was back in 2018. 
My second lab job was in a really toxic environment, and I was bullied by most of my coworkers. People would obsess over what I ate for lunch and try to get me to eat more or eat some of their food. It was really, really weird. It became so bad that eventually I just started hiding during lunch so that I could eat in peace. They even accused me of having an eating disorder in front of the entire department at a party. They said, it's at the point where it's like, just eat something, please. It's confusing because they saw me eat every day and I was eating normally. No disordered eating behavior. And I can say that with confidence. And I would be honest with you guys if I you know, was struggling with disordered eating back then, but I wasn't. So this group of people also started telling my boss that I wasn't doing any work ever and was just on my phone at all times. People would walk by my desk constantly to look at me, which I guess was for like potential ammunition. My boss believed them over me and I felt like everyone thought I was a stupid failure again. I got super drunk every day for about two weeks, like blackout drunk. I was furious because I didn't think I deserved it. I'd get drunk, blast music, and cry from the time I got home from work to the time I went to bed. I went to work every single day with a hangover of death and spent the entire day getting angrier and angrier to fuel my drinking that night. I drank at my coworkers every day. But this time, the drinking didn't help like I thought it did. It just made me angrier and more depressed. I never felt better. Like, sure, maybe it helped bring the overwhelm down for the first hour or two. But after that, I felt even worse and even angrier and even more overwhelmed than I did before I started drinking. So I switched jobs a couple months later and got out of that environment. So this past week... I was completely blindsided by a man in power who had been telling me how amazing my work is for the past year and was all of a sudden negatively comparing me to other people, conveniently all men, even people who are in lower positions than I am. My first thought was F this and all my next thoughts were I'm stupid. I knew it. I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I should just quit. Everyone thinks I'm stupid. I'm humiliated. And I surprised myself by having an overwhelming urge to just give up. I've never felt that way before in basically 20 months of sobriety. And if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it comes out, it's actually my 20 month soberversary. So I've never felt that way before. My old coping strategy was triggered and I've never had to deal with anything this horrible in my sobriety. I've dealt with stress and bad times before, but not like this. I knew that I couldn't give up. So I didn't feel that I was at like risk. I was able to think rationally and and like actually look at things for what they were but it didn't change my desire to just like give up and stop caring I've had several different traumatic experiences in my life and what's always got me through is my favorite band Trivium they've been around like forever I think like 20 years or something and I was convinced I was going to grow up and marry the lead singer I didn't end up marrying him. He actually married someone else when I was in college and just totally broke my heart. And then I met my husband a couple years later and I was okay. 
But when I was 18 and dealing with PTSD, I used to listen to one entire album of theirs per night to help me get to sleep. Since I knew that I couldn't go blow up my life, I put my headphones in at work and just blew my ears out instead with Trivium. I maxed out my phone volume. It was so loud, but it helped. It pushed back the thoughts of I'm stupid, I'm a loser, everyone thinks I'm a failure, and just let me focus on the music and my lab work. A couple hours later, I was even singing in the cold room by myself, which is just what it sounds like, a freezing cold room. This didn't mean that I was feeling better. I still got worked up every couple hours about it, but I was able to calm myself down and take my mind off of it. When I went home, I vented to my husband for an hour and told him everything I was feeling. I woke up the next day still feeling really horrible, but feeling like I could at least handle it. I had already come up with a plan and several backup plans for my life. Now, a few days later, I'm still feeling sad about it and uncomfortable, but I feel mostly normal. Do you notice a difference? So the first time this happened, I got day drunk for a month straight. The second time, I got blackout drunk every night for two weeks. This time, I blew my ears out with music, talked through it with my supportive husband, and ate some ice cream. The next day, I was more myself. That's a big difference. When we drink to deal with trauma or bad experiences, we extend our suffering If we would just allow ourselves to actually deal with things, then we can get through it. Getting blackout drunk every day didn't allow me to get through it. And if you remember what I said earlier, I only felt worse, never better. I just extended my suffering. Bad or stressful things happen in our lives all the time. And if mild stressors are making you want to give up on life, then you need to work on your emotional sobriety because that can be overcome and you can increase your tolerance for stress. And by increasing your tolerance for stress, you're also increasing your quality of life. But when something truly horrible happens, many of us get the urge to self-sabotage. We word it as giving up or screw everyone or forgetting, but it's really just self-sabotage. Binge drinking, binge eating, self-harm, giving up, or anything else that we do to cope is probably self-destructive. The word cope in itself implies it's something bad. By getting blackout drunk for two weeks straight, I was hurting my job even more. Going to work angrier and angrier every day with a hangover of death wasn't allowing me to look mature and show my worth as an employee. I was just proving everyone else right by imploding. This time, however, I kept to myself the first day and listened to music, which a lot of people do in the lab, and the next day I appeared normal. That is much more professional. Showing people that they can cause you to self-destruct isn't good. I feel that the first event that happened when the professor said no one had any confidence in me was traumatic. It changed my personality and the way that I approach other people professionally. Maybe re-traumatization isn't the best word here, but this past week's event definitely triggered the same trauma. And that's why I had such a strong reaction to it. So here are my three best tips for getting through something truly horrible. Whatever you feel compelled to do, process it and ask yourself, is this self-sabotage? It probably is. So if you're not sure, 
then just assume it is. Choose something that's not self-sabotage and do that instead. So this takes self-awareness. So if you're not there yet in your emotional sobriety journey, then just keep working towards it. My first couple urges were to get wicked drunk and screw everyone and it just quit my job on the spot and never come back. Two terrible choices. Instead, I considered all the options I had and recognized the only one that wasn't self-destructive that would still help me was music. So I put my headphones in and turned up the music as loud as it would go. If you find yourself very overwhelmed and needing some musical support, then look up Trivium wherever you listen to music. Their album Shogun from 2008 is the one that helps me the most because that was the brand new album of theirs that was released when I was 18. My next tip is to tell someone, but not everyone. You might have the urge to go on a rant on social media or tell all your coworkers about your problem, but don't do that. It feels like it would be comforting, and that's why we get compelled to be so public, but the result is just feeling embarrassed about it later when we cool down, and we don't need to feel even worse than we already feel. Tell a trusted friend, family member, or your partner, and that's it. Don't make a big emotional post on your personal page. Don't make a big scene at work. If you don't have people in your life that you trust to support you, then go join the Sober Powered Facebook group and tell us about it. Talking about your issues in sober support groups where everyone understands the urge to blow up and forget is helpful. And that's not public. That is just a group of people who understand. And my last tip is make a plan and then make at least one backup plan. So I even did this the first time that this happened to me. I cried for 24 hours and then immediately made a plan for my life. I remember first thing in the morning the very next day, I was on my phone doing research, making a plan for how I could become a teacher. So I did the same thing here. I made a ton of plans. If I did decide to leave, what types of jobs would I try to get? I looked online and familiarized myself with the options. I thought about staying and how I would handle it. I thought about staying and working towards leaving in the future to podcast and do YouTube full time. How would that work? What steps would I need to take? I thought about staying and going part time to get a degree in addiction counseling. What school would I go to? How much would that cost? Planning is important because when we're upset, we feel hopeless. Planning allows you to get some hope back into your life. It also allows us to feel safe because we have so many options. Allow yourself to feel bad for however long you think is appropriate, depending on what happened. And then pick yourself up and make some plans. You can still feel bad while you plan, but even the act of planning will help and it will definitely protect your sobriety. Don't just sit around defeated and feeling sorry for yourself. You need to do something about it because no one else is going to do it for you. So remember, bad things are going to happen to us. Getting sober doesn't mean that life becomes perfect. It just means that now I don't have to explode my life for weeks or months and I can actually work through my problems. This stuff is definitely not easy for me to talk about because there's a lot of shame around it and it's very easy for me to believe people 
when they say bad things about me. When some troll on social media says something, I can now let it go. But when it's a person in power, especially a man in power, it's very easy for me to just automatically believe it. Please share this episode if it was helpful. And I also want to let you know that I am working on creating an emotional sobriety course tentatively launching Tuesday, August 17th. If you go to my website, soberpowered.com, there's a spot that you can sign up for the waitlist so you can get updates and information about the course. And there will also be an exclusive waitlist only coupon code. So go check that out on my website. Have a great day and I will talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.